In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. everyone, it's September 30th, 2011, and you're listening to episode 12 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the hamster farm running the Pottermore servers. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I think some of these are ex-hamsters. They have ceased to be. But more than more on that later. First, adventures in knitting! Oh, you want me to go first? Yes, because you have an interesting story from oh, what I hear. sweet mother of God, I have a saga. <laughs> Anybody who out, out there who smokes have a cigarette for me, by the way. Because I, I don't smoke, but damn it, I need one. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you my adventures in knitting chronologically, starting from last week when we recorded because I told you that I was going to get this stole finished, dang it. Mentioned all that bit about the Archangel and, you know, Armageddon and the Apocalypse and etc, etc, etc. Mm-hmm. Fine. So I, I pretty much considered it my duty to get this stole finished this week. So, Saturday and into Sunday, I busted butt knitting on this thing near constant. And there was one contingency I did not plan for. Which was? See, I planned for Ascension. I'm good with that. I have the zombie apocalypse I can deal with. Running out of yarn 14 rows from the bind-off. <laughs> I did not plan for. And literally, I'm looking at my rows getting getting marked off and looking at my yarn getting smaller and smaller going, no, 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 it's lace. It's lace. There's still enough in there. There's still enough. If I knit faster, maybe I can finish it before I run out. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So yeah, eventually when the ball collapsed on itself and became just a little puddle, not even a puddle, just a little trickle of yarn, and I still had several rows of a couple hundred stitches left to go, I shook my fist at the heavens and admitted temporary withdrawal from the battlefield and decided that okay i will have to go and pick up fortunately i remembered where i got the yarn from and it's a local a semi-local store just the town over and i basically decided through gritted teeth that i would have to go and get fresh recruits before i started this uh battle again in the meantime it gave me a perfectly legitimate excuse to cast on something new of course see i'm learning okay I'm of learning. course so, with the Madeline Tosh that I picked up at the Knitter's, at the Fair. Knitter's Fair, I cast on and made the Greyhaven Cowl. And I'm very, I mean, it knit up super fast. Because I remember telling you uh, last night at Knit Night, hey, I finished the cowl. You started a cowl? I finished a cowl. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, yes, I didn't know that you started a cowl. Yeah. This is my first time using Madeline Tosh. This is the worsted weight. And it is smooth against the skin. It's not itchy at all. It's so soft. I am specially drawn to the way it's it's like a shimmer, the the luminous quality about the purple color. Mm-hmm. It's like a silver shimmer in it. That's what I love most about it. I still I want to block this just very lightly to keep it roll keep it flat. And also maybe to pull it open because it is done in a sort of lacy, slightly yeah. lacy pattern. So it would help pull open those yeah. holes just a wee bit. But by the way, guys, just uh, an FYI for you, 12 weeks till Christmas. Just letting you know. I highly recommend this as a very fast, this Christmas knit. This is the Greyhaven Cowl, and uh, we'll link it in the show notes. What Less than a skein, less than 
Yeah, I think you said like, you still have like half of it. Yes, left, I still don't have you? half of it. So you could make one for yourself. Yes, I could. So yeah, that that was a fun knit. So I finished that, felt really good about myself, and decided, okay, I promised I have to update my RAV. So here we go. Let's go start pulling out stuff to take pictures of. So the first thing I did was take all the pictures of the stuff that's in progress. Okay, let's update the stash. And I go into my, you know, the box that I told you about that holds all of the yarn for, or all of the finished products that I've knit. I'm rummaging through it, pulling out yarn, and my hand closes over lace. And I lift it up and I go, (laughs) and my husband heard me upstairs. (laughs) He said, what happened? I said, I have lace. And he looked, I'm sure there was a quizzical look that went across his face. It was the third skein that I was look that apparently I always had for the lace stole. I didn't have to go back and get more. I just didn't yep. remember. I had it in the first place. Yeah, you thought you had two skeins. I thought I had two skeins. You actually thought I have three. Apparently, at some point, I was smart. Not, <laughs> it hasn't been recent, but at some point in the past, I was smart. Yay for past smart, Maggie. Right. So, I had a legitimate time to take a break. I knit something with worsted weight yarn that knit up really fast. And now, after the refresher, I come back, and I'm like, I've only got 14 rows until I bind off. Let's do this. And I take it to knit night, I wind it all up, and I plow through it at knit night. And it was after you guys left. Yeah, you only had, like, a row left. Yeah, I had a row left. Oh, God, Katie and I were just toasted. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God, falling asleep. I can't blame anybody else for, you know, the trials of their day, but I was... Like, I'm not moving till this thing's finished. And thankfully, a couple of other friends, you know, stayed with me to keep me company. And I started going over the bind off at the end. Because, you know, I swiped through the last row on, with a marker, tossed the sheet, and started doing the bind off. And I'm like, three, two, wh- wh- come on. Oh, it doesn't want to. Huh? Okay. Well, that's okay. It's just the last stitch. It, it doesn't have to be perfectly neat. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. Clip. Run it through the loop. Tug and it snapped. Where's the end of my yarn? Where's the end of my... Apparently it snapped right in the corner. Oh, God. Like, I'm literally not fully stretching out the corner of the lace knitting, but I'm like, I've got to find the end of that before it starts to unravel. Holy... Oh, my God, where is it? Okay, okay, don't panic, don't panic. Just... Reattach, reattach the yarn when you find it. Okay, there it is, there it is. Reattach the yarn. Oh, God, some of the stitches have come out. Um, oh, no. Um, okay, needle, needle, just whatever. Just It's only about four stitches. It's the corner. Nobody will see it. I need a needle, it. stat! <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm literally holding this thing and going, I did not walk through Mordor for this Shit! You could ask Emily if I said that. (laughs) Oh, I don't doubt it. So anyway, basically, it got to the point where I was like, just just secure the stitches. That's all I need. Just secure the stitches. Just, just, I don't care if it's a knot. Knots and loose ends can be woven in and hidden just so long as it does not unravel. Okay, okay, it's done. So I go home, and I proudly show this thing to my husband, who, who from, you know, being around me, understands that, you know, it's not blocked yet, but wow, it's pretty, and yada, 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 I'm proud yeah. of you. And today, you know, I'm still thinking about it, going, damn, that was, that was terrifying. That was, re- I'm wondering if that, and you know what? And I mentioned this to you last night. Mm-hmm. I still don't know why the picture shows this extra little edge 
And it's not in the pattern. Because that little extra edge, you know, it's kind of nice. Oh, what the heck, you know, I was at work. It was on my lunch. I downloaded the pattern again from Ravelry because mm -hmm. it's a free Rav download. And I'm going through the uh, the PDF on my screen going, oh my god, there's a page that I've never seen. Oh my god, that's the border. Oh my god, I'm not supposed to have bound off yet. Oh god. <laughs> so now, this is, this is the love hate. See, you remember I told you this marriage between me and the stole is coming to a rapid close? We have <laughs> foregone therapy, okay? We have now drawn a line. Couples therapy yeah. has not worked. Yeah, we've now drawn a line down the middle of the house. <laughs> and no one is allowed to cross each other. We're, like, talking to each other only for for legal situations right now. So I have the option of saying, A, fuck it. it the, the extra border is optional, and it's still a stole, and it's still complete. Yeah. I have the op option of, B, unbinding what I have bound and redoing it the way that the pattern suggests. Or, C... I have the option of knitting the border separately and mm -hmm. sewing it on. I don't think I'm in a fit state of mind to make this decision just now. Well, when were you planning to send this thing off to its recipient? Ah, uh, by Christmas. Okay, so you have time. I have time. You have time to put it away go and to, let it... Go to singles therapy. Yeah. Uh, you have time for to, to have a, a separation period, and then in the future, you will get together and finally decide, you know, who gets the couch. <laughs> okay. So put it away for a little while. Yeah, that, the one thing I would say is that you might still want to just undo the bound edge, even if you're going to sew it yeah. on. Because, like with my stole, I didn't bind off the edge. It was live stitches, so I basically kitchenered yeah. the edge onto okay. it. The only reason you might want to consider that is because bound off edges can be not as stretchy. Okay. So if you sew it on, right, like with mattress stitch or whatever to a bound-off edge, and then you go to block it, it might not stretch it as much as It might warp, just kind of funny. Oh, so anyways, yeah, that is my saga that <laughs> has been happening on and off all week. I was so happy, because at one point I actually thought that I was finished, and I paused, and it was like the whole universe just did this little humming sound, mm -hmm. and I could almost feel the stars move in their orbits around me, just for this one moment. And then it all came <sighs> crashing down on you. So yeah... Since I finished, you know, I thought I, I thought I was going to say, you know, bounce onto the podcast and say, I finished two things this week. Yay me. Well, you finished one thing. Yeah, I did. Anyway. And you cleansed your palate for a moment. I did. You had a wild fling. <laughs> I did. And realized that you no longer love the stole. I know. I know. I found out the grass is greener on many other sides. <laughs> And the grass is actually greener. Yeah. So, yeah, now I'm going to be, while I'm in singles therapy... I'm going to finish off the Happy Socks of Peace Transformation because I have now made a vow that after these socks are done, I'm casting on socks for me. Yay! And even if I cast on other projects, uh, I think it's a multiple, like, many knitters have the habit of always having socks on the go just because they're a nice portable little project. Yep. And maybe a bigger project like a cardigan or whatever at home. Or more than one pair of socks in some of our cases. Yeah, in some of our cases. You just have strategic, like, geocache knitting spots. <laughs> kind of, yes, actually. You could you could probably just parachute in somewhere and go, yeah, actually, two coordinates left. We got knitting. I've got, I'm going to finish the Happy Socks of Peace Transformation. And my last bit of Christmas knitting is the other handsome mitten, which I've been procrastinating doing because because it's color work again. Yeah, and plus you've already done one mitten, so yeah, obviously done one you can mitten, do it, so and this time it'll just be wee. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Off we go. Hopefully it'll be just a whoosh, 
and it'll be done. Okay, I feel somewhat... That was cathartic, getting getting all that out. I feel better. (laughs) The talk therapy worked? Yeah, I feel better now. Hopefully you did not have the same kind of saga I did. No, no I didn't. I have been working on the same things I was working on last week. I still have not cast on the second Viper Pilot sock, however, I am a fair way down the foot. I haven't actually checked to see how far it goes, or how close to the toes I am on the first Viper Pilot sock. Because the Viper Pilots are... Top down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are top down. And they're actually going pretty well. Most of the time, I just have to do quick little checks at the pattern. Right. Sometimes I don't really have to look for everything. I just have to do little checks to make sure, okay, is this where I'm supposed to start making the wings go back in? And it usually is. Or it's the next row. Or just double check, okay, do I do I have to twist the middle cable a little bit? Okay, yeah, I do. So you're, so you're starting to get the cadence of the... Yeah, pattern. it's still I still check and I still move the the post-it note up so I can keep track and I would not stop doing that. And it still takes some concentration, especially when I'm tired, which has been for most of this week. And for various reasons, some of which I'll get to. Not the the other reasons are, you know, more fun and therefore, you know, you're the sort of imp- thing I wouldn't mention on the podcast. You're just implying all manner of dirty things and not giving out. That's because there's nothing to give out to. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm not being coy here. No, they're actually not that right. fun. Like, last night at knit night, I was working on the Viper Pilots for a while, and then I'm like, okay, no, I have to put these away because I'm kind of zoning out. And there was a few times where people were like, blah, 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 Karen. I'm like, oh, ha, ha, what? Sorry. Blink, blink. So there's still the sort of thing I would work on when I'm listening to podcasts in Starbucks and right. I don't have any other okay. distractions. But they are going much better than they were in the summer because I have more brain now. (laughs) Your brain meats grew back? Yes, my brain meats have recovered. The other thing I've been working on is the Severus socks. The second sock is just past the heel now. Ooh. I was just going back into just doing the starting the pattern on the back of the leg. When you get past the heel, because those okay. are toe-up socks. Okay. So I have to... I'm going to try those on anyway, just to double-check, but I'm sure from the other times that I've tried on the first sock, I know that, like, yes, they're teeny, <clears throat> yeah. but they do stretch. Yeah. The other thing that I did this week was dye some yarn. Ooh. Just doing kettle dyeing in an old crock pot. <gasps> oh, that is so pretty. Oh, I'm and it's sh- soft. Yeah, this is the first time showing it to Maggie. Yeah, she kept it in her bag until just now. I just used two colors of dye, basically. I used, I had some leftover red and blue from some other stuff I was doing, so in one measuring cup I put in, like, three parts red to one part blue, and in the other measuring cup I put in, like, two parts red to two parts blue or whatever. And then I poured half of it on the yarn in my crock pot, move the yarn around, pour the other half on, and then just pour the rest in. I think the only thing I might do differently is that there's a couple spots. What it is, basically, there's some parts which are really, really dark burgundy. Right. And then it lightens out to sort of a lighter pink. There are some spots which are almost completely, like, undyed. Some very small. It's just very narrow stripes, so it doesn't look like... I missed huge batches. It is lace weight, though, and I'm kind of wondering, like, is it too high contrast for doing mm-hmm. shawls? So, I don't know. I might over-dye it. I might... This is the sort of stuff I was kind of thinking of selling, so I might just put it up as is. Mm-hmm. And if nobody's interested, then I'll take it, over-dye it, and do something else with it. What I did is the dye did not have any vinegar in it. I didn't soak it in vinegar, because that way I knew it would... The color would spread more. But just after I had poured all the dye in... right. I put vinegar in, which okay. I think was too soon. I think that's why I got parts which are almost undyed, because they were sort of, they ended up sort of in the middle of the skein each time I moved it around. Okay. So what I would do next time is probably just do one last move around of the skein so that 
the dye just floating in the water gets to those parts. Steam it for a little while without any vinegar, Mm -hmm. and then pour some vinegar in. Now, what's your base for that? This is, I think it's Superwash Merino. It's not a blend. Got it from wool to dye for. Okay. I have two skeins of this. What What do you name in the colorway? I have no idea, though. Considering it's all pinks, I'm thinking it might be something Kaylee-ish. <laughs> Kaylee's dress. Kaylee's party dress. Oh my gosh. But yes, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I'm not going to be putting it up just yet, because I want I need to dye other stuff, and okay. I just won't have this time time this weekend, so I'm not going to say where it's going to go up yet. Okay. When I finally get it up, I'll just you know post on the Ravelry group or Twitter okay. or something like that. Okay, guys. Now, moving into Geek Squee, I don't know if some of you might have noticed a supernova that might have happened somewhere in Ontario, Canada during the week. That would have been centered over Karen's house. A couple of them, maybe. One over Karen's house, one over Karen's work. Because a certain email arrived. Yes. That was extremely important. Yes. Monday night, at around quarter after one in the morning. Actually, so technically it was Tuesday morning. I should preface this by saying I work from one to eight on Tuesdays. So being up till one in the morning is not that bad. But I was just about getting ready to go to bed after falling down the YouTube hole for a couple hours. <laughs> and I just decided I'd make one last check of my email. And I, and there's an email in there from Pottermore <laughs> saying I can access the site. So I go to the site. And at first, I keep getting, sorry, sorry, due to, basically due to overloaded yeah. servers, I couldn't get in at first. <laughs> It's like, God damn it. We don't have a hamster to accommodate you at this time. Yes. Please hold. All our hamsters are in use. Please hold. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, one of the nice things about the Pottermore site is that when you first try to go to it, if it's really busy, you get a page which auto-refreshes every 15 seconds. There you go. But finally, I managed to get to the sign-in page. Okay. And I logged in. Yes. And, oh my God, I love it. And you got sorted. Yeah, I actually, that night, what happened is I got in, and what you do is you go through the books chapter by chapter. So you start at chapter one of the Philosopher's Stone. And each chapter, there's things for you to find. Starting in about chapter two or chapter three, there's things you can find and collect and put in your trunk. Or you can find galleons that go into your Gringotts account. Oh, that's Because you neat. start off with... But starting in the first chapter, you find things... That will unlock bonus material from J.K. Rowling. So, like in the first chapter, you can f- you find an object in the page, and it opens the entire story of like how Vernon and Petunia met. Oh my god! And what drew them to each other? Oh my! It's really fun. Wow! I can show it to you later. Okay. It takes a little while for you to figure out exactly how this works. Um, but basically what you can do is by tapping the up arrow key, you can sort of zoom in to the picture a little bit. And I usually find that when you find things, they're zoomed, you, you have to have zoomed in a little bit. Okay. And when you actually, you just move your mouse over objects and they'll sort of glow purple when okay. you can actually click on them and collect them or they'll unlock things. And one thing that's nice is when you get to the end of a chapter, it unlocks everything. <laughs> Nice. So if there's bonus material that you haven't found the thing for, it'll unlock at the end of the chapter. Don't worry. In the beginning of the second chapter, they say, hey, you you can click on things and collect them. But I think it's like the second or third moment in the chapter where they actually have something you can click on and collect. Just so, because I know there's a whole bunch of noobs that are like, including myself, they're like, I'm not finding anything. Am I just stupid? (laughs) And it's like, no, there isn't anything there until like the second or third moment. 
I got to, like, going to Diagon Alley, mm. where, like, one of the things you collect in the chapter where Hagrid appears is your letter. Nice. With your list of stuff you have to get. Nice. And it's an interactive list, so when you go to Diagon Alley, it'll cross out everything when you buy it. Okay. Um, so, you know, you have to go to Flourish and Blots <laughs> and get your books. And actually, people, I was tweeting a lot of this on my personal Twitter feed, and I think for that one, I was like, I'm in Diagon Alley! Going to the bookstore, bitches! <laughs> First stop, bookstore! So, like, you buy everything, and then you can go to the magical pet store and select a pet, which will be your little icon. Nice. And, of course, I picked a tabby cat. Aww. And you you pay in galleons for everything. You get 500 galleons right. to start with. And everything is, like, your books are, like, a couple galleons, my pet was like, I think she was like 10 galleons. She, because obviously it's a female cat in my head. You don't actually name your pet or anything like that on Pottermore, but in my head, of course. But the last thing you do in Di- the first thing you do in Diagon Alley is set up your, your Gringotts account. Right. The last thing you do... Is get your wand? Is get your wand. Ooh, and what's So I was like, okay, I'm going to get my wand, mm. and then I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> I knew if I didn't stop there, I would keep going through, especially until I got sorted, and it'd be like four o'clock in the morning before I got to bed. The way you get your wand is it asks you a few different questions, and it's basically, there's these cards that you flip through right, with the answers on them. So you go flip, 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 and then you select whatever one is your answer. And for the life of me, I can't remember what questions they were right now. But I'm sure if you look at any of the Pottermore communities, people have posted, like, what questions did you get for your wand? (laughs) So my wand is 10 inches long. It's ebony and unicorn hair and slightly springy. And there's actually, when once you get your wand, she actually has these pages about wand materials. Right. So It says things about your personality. So was that your wand? It seemed to fit. I mean, those are pretty general. Well, I'm asking, was the... The ebony and the unicorn hair was your wand? Yeah. Okay. And then the next day, when I was at work, on my dinner break, might I add, I fought with the site again for a while. It has been so busy this week. It's been so hard to get in. Unless it's been early in the morning or very late at night. I mean, and this is the reason they have, they've been in beta testing. So they very slowly add things in. And so, you know, they can see like, okay, this stuff is taking up a lot of, people are doing a lot of this. We need to add more servers here. We need to put more, devote more service space to this. Like they had to, I think they had, for a time, they had to temporarily stop the dueling club. Mm. You can duel other students. Oh boy. Because it was so popular that it was hogging a lot of space. So yes, I finally got in and... Of course, they have a chapter for going on the Hogwarts Express, and of course, I'm all squealy because I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to Hogwarts. And I got to the sorting hat test. Okay. And like I said, the sorting hat test is the same thing as, does, it basically does the same way that Ollivander does it, ask, but, but it asks you more questions. Okay. And some of the ones I got were like, one of the ones was, what are you lo- most looking forward to at Hogwarts? And there were things like you could pick. Transfiguration, flying lessons, learning the castle's secrets. And the one that I picked was all areas of magic. (laughs) I want to learn all the things. And then there's other ones which, oh, I just remember, I think it was one of my wand questions. It was like, you're on a path that splits into three 
one path leads to the sea, one path leads to the forest, one path leads to a castle. Which do you pick? I pick the castle. But that's sort of an example. Some of the questions are like, are a little more obvious about like what they might result in. Result in. Some of them are not. Okay. At the end, you get sort of very, some that only have like two options. Like I got, you had to pick between dawn or dusk or heads or tails was one of them actually. But yes, so I got sorted. Uh Uh-huh. And I am... Ravenclaw! <laughs> I am Ravenclawsom. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Which makes total sense, because once you get sorted, you can push a button to see a huge thing that J.K. Rowling has written on the traits and history of your house. Nice. And she writes it from the, it's from the perspective of, like, a prefect okay. introducing you. And one of the things they mentioned about Ravenclaw is that the people in it tend to be very individual. Some would call them eccentric. <laughs> They tend to have a lot of different interests, and they mention that nobody in Ravenclaw cares, like, what you're interested in, or what you're wearing, or anything like that. There's actually a line that says something like, we don't, something about we don't look down on people who dance to the beat of a different drummer, we mm. value them. Basically, the way they describe it, it's like, okay, Ravenclaw is the geek house. Nice. It's full of people who are obsessed with weird things. I was actually, like, in the back room, like, flailing <laughs> doing this. And one of my co-workers who's just starting to read the series, I think she's at the fifth book now, was working that day and I had told her about Pottermore and I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting sorted! And so she was watching a little bit of it and then she had to go back out to work um, and then she's like, let me know what happened! So I go out to her and I'm like, Ravenclaw! And she's like, and once you're in your house, you can actually see they they have like little comment feeds, slightly Facebooky, where you can see like what other Ravenclaws have done and they have you have house points and nice. when you find things you get you get house points for that you can get house points for dueling or making potions or other things but yeah so i haven't had a chance to do a lot of it in the last couple of days because i have not been home wednesday i was in toronto all day part of which was going to see harry potter and the deathly hallows at a little movie theater I like thursday i was working all day and then went straight to knit night right. and anytime i tried to get on pottermore i couldn't <laughs> to it earlier in the day and then today I was working a lot so is it you said you mentioned it was kind of Facebooky. do you get to like design your appearance and stuff no okay no I mean part of I think we mentioned it before when we were talking about Pottermore Part of it is um, you can friend people on it. Everyone has a site-generated username. You don't really get to pick it. When you friend people, there is a note saying, like, be sure when you click on someone, when you accept someone as your friend, that you know who they are. And you can nick you can add a nickname for those people. Okay. So like I have a few people that I know that are already in, and I've been able to put their nickname on. Meanwhile, I should add I've sort of been posting this places. If you want to add me as a friend, message me on Ravelry or tweet me or whatever, so that I know who you are and I can put your <laughs> nickname in with your real with your Pottermore name. And it only says it'll say your country, but not location. It doesn't say age. Okay. Or things like that, and you can't select, you can't personalize your appearance beyond your appearance. Your icon is your pet, okay, and your pet and the background your pet is on is the color of your house, okay. Um, mainly because, as we had mentioned earlier, they really want to try and make the site safe for all ages, right, or inclusive for all ages. That makes sense. And so, especially yeah. when you're dealing with kids, you have to put in ways that certain restrictions protect their yeah. privacy and their identity and things like that. 
and, you know, make it so you can't have, you know, creepers. It's basically, the comment section is like, you can't directly reply to a comment. You can add a comment that says so-and-so, like mention their na- their handle and comment on something. But you can't actually, I don't think you can actually communicate directly with other people. But yeah, so I've sort of, i gotten through a couple chapters and made a potion. I melted a, cal- a cauldron. <laughs> um, I was joking that like, oh my god, I've melted a cauldron and then I screwed up the amounts that I put in. Snape is going to hate me. And then you can do, you do spells and stuff. And all this stuff I should mention too. If you haven't got into Pottermore yet, trust me, I know you are sad because I have been sad waiting for this damn email to come for so long. From what I've heard, it will open up in general at the end of October. By which time, for one, anyone who hasn't gotten in yet, hopefully you will not have to deal with the, sorry, the site is not available at this time messages <laughs> that the rest of us have. And, you know, as I mentioned to someone on Ravelry, this way when you get in, you'll have all kinds of friends there. Yeah. Who can automatically just friend you, so you're not like, hello, is anybody here for the first while that you're in? And you also then have a whole bunch of people who have done things before you and figured out how everything works and screwed up things numerous times because you have to figure out how actually the spell casting works. And it takes a few tries before you find like, oh, that's how I should have done it. 10 tries ago. Okay, then. <laughs> so um, you are or, literally practicing your spells. Yeah, or, oh, that's how you move the spoon to stir a potion. That would have been good to know four cauldrons ago. <laughs> and you can do, there is like a practice potion that you can do before you actually start doing potions to make, to gain house points. Right. Because I think you can also lose house points if you screw it up. Oh. I don't want to screw things up for Ravenclaw. But it's so much fun. I love it. <laughs> it's got a little things they can they can work on. Obviously, like it'd be neat to have some sort of like sound or there's no sound or music in the background. It sort of would be neat to have that. But it's little things, not like major. Dear God, what the hell did they do? Sort of things. Okay, and it is still beta. Yeah, it's yeah. still in beta mode, and it's still like tons of interesting stuff you can find. I also got, like, I've gotten to the point where you get, like, the entire backstory of Minerva McGonagall. Oh, I want to read really that. Which is good. I will bring it up later so you can read it. I want to read that. It's really good. But yes, of course, there are other things that are go- have been going on in geek, in the geek world. <laughs> well, in the land of the muggles, uh, one of the things that's happened this week is that the Amazon Fire Kindle has come out. Well, it's been announced. Yeah. I don't think it's been... It hasn't been actually released yet. I don't even think I've seen... I haven't been able to look because I've been busy the last couple of right. days. But I haven't seen anyone t- retweeting articles where journalists or bloggers have actually even got their hands on a copy yet. No, because I've, I've seen one article, and the article commented that, okay, well, yeah, it's come out, but they haven't allowed any of the reporters to play with it yet. Yeah. But, um... Uh, so I don't know when it'll be available. Yeah. I mean, one of its biggest assets that people are noticing is that it's supposed to be the main competition for the iPad, mm-hmm. but it's three. It's more of a tablet than an e-reader. Right. And it, But it's $300 cheaper than the iPad. Yeah. Now, there are things that it can't do. I mean, it doesn't have uh, the camera mm-hmm. or um, the Skype options and yeah. things like that. But if... All you're looking to do is be able to have tablet function and get online. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the the article commented that you know this could be something that parents could get their kids and not worry about a five hundred and ninety nine dollar item at the bottom of a gym bag that gets crushed underneath. Yeah. You know, 
hockey equipment or getting dropped in a puddle or something like that. Yeah. Or think of how often kids lose stuff. I remember losing a $10 calculator once and I got the worst guilt trip of my life. So yeah, anyways, if anybody hears anything about the fire, let us know. Yeah, um, if you see any review, once they finally make it available. Actually, now that I think of it, maybe we should do a book sometime on e-readers. Yeah. Because I had done it. I was sort of the earliest adopter of e-readers at my library. I'm still, actually, there's still very few people that have them in the library. So I, I made up an email for my coworkers when we got the ability to borrow e-books. Right. That I entitled e-books, e-readers for librarians, not dummies. <laughs> so and we should probably do something at some time and sort of talk about the differences between different e-readers and stuff. Sure. The geek and knitting ability that goes with them. Yes. And Ready to carry around your knitting books. Oh, heck yeah. In your patterns. And special squee for me that I found out today. The next Jim Butcher book is entitled Cold Days. Ooh. There is no official release date, but damn it, I got the next title... I am perky happy. And considering I know where Cold Days is referencing, as in geographical location type thing, <laughs> I am going, oh my god, it can't come soon enough. At least give me a release date so I can start counting down days. I, I know it won't be for a while because of yeah. just the recent release. Yeah, the one month. just came out, so yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, I know, but I can be selfish. Yeah. I know. Every everyone any everyone can be like, okay, I know the author has to have a life. I know that they have to, you know, take their time writing it so it'll be good and everything like that. I've been there when I was waiting for Harry Potter book five. <laughs> but there is still that part of you that like, oh my god, I want it now. I know. Anyway. So you can balance those two. It's only when the one side, you know, when the I want it now side starts getting out of hand that you then become a douche. Which I think Neil Gaiman has blogged about before. Yes. And basically told people stop being a douche. Yes, he has. It's like I'm sorry, I'm not tra- I'm not chaining myself to my computer for twenty hours a day. I, I think his his quote was, "I'm not your bitch." Yes, yes, that was it. Yeah, and that was the quote that ended up getting pulled. I think from that blog post most, but justly so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So getting into cravings, covets, and crushes. One thing that I had, which unfortunately is not out yet. This is a book which you can pre-order. It doesn't come out until February 2012. Boo. But it looks awesome because it's called Knits for Nerds. <laughs> it is up on Amazon. They have the cover art on Amazon already, as well as a fairly good description. You need to see the cover. Is this the one you were telling me about, like, the cinnamon bun headband? Yes, the Princess Leia cinnamon bun hair headband. Nice. Like, earmuffs. Apparently it's going to have all sorts of patterns. From Star Trekky things, like I know one of the things they mentioned was they'll have a pattern for Lieutenant Uhura's dress <laughs> from Star Trek, as well as they said also like plushy things for Star Trek. There's got to be a treble pattern in there. Oh yeah, things from Lord of the Rings. There's going to be Hobbit feet slippers. Oh my god. There's uh, one of the things they mentioned. There's going to be lots of Firefly stuff. I think there's of course a hat, which I think is safe to assume it's the Jane hat. Okay. Um, as well as, I think they said a scarf and a couple other things. And there was, you can make matching sweater vests from Big Bang Theory. Nice. And a bunch of other, like, really nerdy Good. things that they didn't specify. But there's a couple other fandoms in there. Good. At least. It sounds promising. Yeah, it looks really good. I cannot wait until they have pictures of the photos up on Ravelry. Which is one thing I should mention, actually. If you're looking at knitting books at Amazon or something, and they're pattern books, even if they haven't come out yet, 
check Ravelry to see if they have pattern pictures up already. Yeah. It's one of the best ways I've found so far to preview pattern books and see if it's something I might be interested in yeah. before it's come out. Or if it's a spe- fairly specialty thing. Which our chapters either doesn't get or takes a long time to get. Or in the case of another book that is coming out fairly soon, there's a book by... I can't remember her real name, but it goes she goes by Soctopus. And she has a book coming out in October. And I really wanted to take a look at it. And then I thought, oh wait, I'll go to Ravelry. <laughs> go to Ravelry and I can see... I think they have a few of the patterns already. I don't okay. know if they have all the patterns, but they have quite a few. And there was a few that I was like, I think I want to make this. This book is going on my Amazon wish list. And speaking of socks, this is a good time to co- to turn your covets and crushes on patterns and yarns into actual objects because October is Socktoberfest. I feel like we should have beer steins and polka music in the background for that. How about men with uh, lederhosen on? Hand-knit li- lederhosen <laughs> and hand-knit socks? Yes. Yes, thank you very much. Speaking German. Yeah, it was actually started by the blogger Lolly from Lolly Knitting Around a few years ago. I think she has sort of handed it off to the Socktoberfest Ravelry group, either officially or unofficially. I just checked her blog tonight and she didn't have anything up. I know last year she wasn't organizing like a huge list of everyone who's participating and stuff like she ha- or other things like she has in past years. Okay. Sort of like how the Knitting Olympics this right. last year. A lot of it was, you know, the formal organization with teams and stuff like that, a lot of which was done on Ravelry. Because that way, you know, the blogger can actually enjoy what they have created. Right. <laughs> Instead of having to maintain their blog the uh, entire time. Yeah. So there is a Socktoberfest group on Ravelry. And basically it's just taking a month to celebrate socks. Yay. And some people set themselves challenges or, or goals. Another thing, just a, a month to focus on socks. Socks. And October is a good month to do that because yeah. in a lot of places it's getting colder, it's time to bring out the socks, and it's the time to create some new ones to keep your little tootsies warm through the winter. And I intend to. Yes. That will be your Socktoberfest. Yes. Thing. And actually, to help that, I thought after editing last week's episode where you had mentioned that you had some socks that didn't really fit that well no, and you only didn't. have two pairs of socks. Yep. I thought it would, would might be a good time to maybe share some tips and tricks for any wannabe or beginner or sock knitters. Even somewhat experienced sock knitters out there. Because when I was listening to that, I realized probably one of the reasons you don't have socks that fit well is because you haven't made that many socks no. for yourself. Or you start making socks for yourself, they don't fit and then you're like, okay, these are for someone else. Yeah. And I think one of the main things that every sock knitter has to realize, including myself, socks are a garment that should have what you call negative ease. Ease is the amount that a finished object will intentionally differ from the size of the body part. Right. So you can have sweaters, say, with like three inches of ease on each side, like a sweatshirt. Right. So where it's baggy, you can have sweaters that have negative one inch ease, like say a rib sweater, so that it hugs your curves. Right. Socks should have negative ease because you want them to really wrap around your foot. To hug the foot. Yes. To caress your foot. To wrap them in its warm embrace. Okay, that's enough. I can think of some other romance novel terms, but... Yeah, you basically, you want them to have, you know, to to conform to your foot. Right. And so to do that, especially if you're using yarns like wool yarns, you would do that 
by knitting them slightly smaller than the circumference of your foot. Right. Like, say, with my Severus socks. Right. Because they look itty-bitty on on the needles. Yeah. They look so much narrower on the needles. Like, you would never... I have a size 10 foot. And these things look like they might actually more fit your feet, (laughs) which are teeny tiny. But you want them to do that, partly because with the Severus socks, they have lace and they will stretch. Yeah. But also so that when they stretch... They, again, like I said, wrap around your foot. And that's what makes them fit your foot properly and not move around. And because I was going to say, like, even I knit, like, socks that were way too big when I started because I was thinking, I can't possibly wear something that looks this small on my big feet. I need to make it bigger. And then, of course, they turn out too big. And I think part of that might be because, especially with socks, we are so used to getting something that is for, like, a size range. Like, you know, the ones I have are, like, sizes 9 to 11. Yeah. It's like, what other clothing do we wear other than the rare one-size-fits-all, which never fits all. Fits all, all. yeah. What other clothing, really, other than accessories like scars and things can really can fit an entire range of sizes people supposedly in the same way t-shirts maybe yeah t-shirts are a knit fabric though too and And t-shirts can be worn with varying levels of ease again you can have t-shirts that you know cling or you can have t-shirts that are looser and of course with store box socks they get around this by having lots of lycra and other elastic things in them. Though, for anyone who has lived in an area where they've had to wear, you know, rain boots or winter boots, Mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone has had those moments where they are walking to school in the snow or the rain, and they can feel their socks bunching down (laughs) into into the the foot of the sock, and you have to stop and pull them up. And that's because... They're made for a size range, not for your foot. Yeah. So part of it is just knitting socks more than once to to find out how they fit your foot. Yeah. To find all the little things. Because when you, again, with socks, you're not usually getting something to fit your foot specifically. When you buy a shirt or a blouse or a pair of pants, you know, okay, I need a wider leg so it balances out my big hips. I know I need to go a size up on a shirt so I can fit my bust, even though it will be a little too big in the waist. Like, you know how those sorts of things fit your body, and so you know what to look for. For socks, you're just used to size 9 to 11. Plunk into the cart. So it's sort of things you sort of have to get used to. And that comes with practice, which comes with not being afraid to rip things out. Yes. Now, you might not want to go crazy into... If you're a beginner or a very early sock knitter, you might not want to go too crazy with, like, the cookie A patterns or something. No, Until you know how things fit your foot. Yeah, a couple of vanilla socks... Yeah, you might want to try some simpler ones just so you learn, like, how things fit your foot. Because you don't want to have to rip out ten rows of really gorgeous but kind of brain-breaking patterning patterning until you get there. Like, say, ten rows of Viper. Oh, hells no. (laughs) No, there's no freaking way I'm ripping those things out. Unless it is some sort of major, major problem. But, I mean, that's one of the good things about knitting, is you can rip it back and try it again if it doesn't work the first time. Yeah. Or, you know, if you knit the entire foot and then you put it on and it doesn't fit and your toes are bunch, or you can feel it curling your toes because the foot isn't long enough, you can snip a little stitch and unravel the yarn, pick up those loose stitches, 
and knit outward and redo the toe to make it make the foot longer. And with with that also comes, you know, trying different stitch patterns or trying different, different heels. heels or toes yeah. or things and finding out what ones fit you. Because I know some people don't like call an hourglass heel right. or a short row heel. Because it doesn't fit their heel that well. I know, personally, that if I'm doing top-down socks and I'm doing a flap heel, when I do the heel and the foot, I should change to a smaller needle. Because otherwise, it tends to be too loose. for. Because I need to have things bigger for my calves. And then when I get down to my ankle, my foot, it'll be too loose okay. in the heel. So, in this case, it's good to try different techniques, too. So, like with my Viper Pilot socks, I used a 2.5 millimeter needle going down the leg in Magic Loop. When I got to the end of the heel, I got a 2.25 millimeter needle, put the sole stitches on that, and now I'm doing one sock on two circular needles. But then I use a 2.25 on the bottom of the sole, also because, you know, you're going to be walking on it. And in that case, a tighter Tighter gauge. Yeah will help it from getting holes as fast. Yeah. So I use a smaller needle on the sole so that it doesn't... That makes sense. Yeah. ...rub itself into oblivion. But the main thing, my dear, is practice. Yes. Practice, practice, practice. I told you, as soon as I finish <laughs> these ha- these happy socks of peace transformation, I'm casting on socks for me. And I think the first socks have to be just a toe-up, plain vanilla, you know, sort of like going back to basics, learning my own foot. Yeah, there's all sorts of little tweaks you can do so that things fit your foot your feet perfectly and it takes some practice to get to know them and you know there's very thing there are various things you can do to sort of give yourself more wiggle room like ribbing is so wonderfully forgiving if you're doing a sock pattern like say with my viper pilots if the pattern on the top was not enough stitches to be like half the width that it should be around my foot, you know, I could add a few more stitches to the bottom of the sole, you know, and then that way the sole just comes up a little higher on the sides. Just because a pattern says it to do it one way, or just because you're doing things one way, like I said with the magic loop, doesn't mean you can't change in the middle of the pattern. It doesn't mean you can't change the pattern, period. I has an inspiration. Yeah. Like I said, you know, like I changed from magic loop to one sock on two circular needles halfway through, because it works better that way. Or, you know, if you're doing a pattern which has cables or something. If you need more stitches to fit your foot, you can add purl stitches in. You just have to remember that they're there. Yeah. Or mark them on your pattern to say that, like, okay, there's three purl stitches here, not two, so when you're counting across you don't accidentally do things in places you're not supposed to. Mm. But Socktoberfest is a good time to try. Um, If I don't cast on new socks before the end of October, and they're for me, you can feel free to throw virtual tomatoes at me. I will thwap her in the back of the head. There you go. If she doesn't. There you go. So I have until the end of October to cast on socks for me. Yes. And to actually put some effort into them. Not to, just to show up at the end of October with three rows done on a... Well, you're not that far. You've already done one sock, haven't you? Yeah. I've finished one of the happy socks, and I'm past the ball of the foot on the other. And considering the stole is going in a timeout... Yes, the stole is definitely going in it. The stole is going to go sit in the penalty box all by itself. Then you'll definitely have more time to work on these. So yeah. these should not take much, very long. Yeah. And because there's a portable project, they can go with me. Whereas the stole... Not so much. Even working at knit, working on the stole at knit night was... Cumbersome. Yeah. And, you know, you had occasional distractions. Food. Yeah. And talking. And talking about boobs. And Benedict Cumberbatch. I was off in my own little And world. butler bitches. We love you, Katie. Yes, we love you, Katie. There apparently has been an epic war between Gerard Butler fans and Benedict Cumberbatch fans. It ends tonight as we're recording, so we can't muster our army to help. No. But it was amusing to watch. Oh, God, yes. The changes in the votes... And our friend Katie reacting to them. And actually, I just thought of something. 
But, you know, knitting socks would be a good thing with where you're going tomorrow. It would be historically appropriate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, tomorrow, in the area that we're in, uh, we will be going to a town next door, Jordan well, Village. You will be. I will be All working. Right. I will be. Sadly. It is Pioneer Weekend there. Yep. And I've never been, but apparently I mention it, and everybody stops what they're doing with big, you know, bright eyes, bright shiny eyes, and goes, Oh, Pioneer Weekend! Yay! Apple fritters! Yay! Yeah, I've heard about apple fritters, apple cider, churning your own butter, music. Making uh, your own candles. Making your own candles, and Pioneer Sausage. Mm-hmm. And apparently this weekend is supposed to be really nippy. Yes, it's supposed to be quite cold. Yeah. So that's perfect opportunity to pull out the wool and knit and, you know, let the elfling run around to his heart's content. Yeah. And it'll also give you a chance to crave and crush and covet on things because there's the two yarn stores. Yes. And apparently they in have Jordan that we they have the Pioneer Weekend Sales. Yes. <laughs> what are you worried about? You got to go to Toronto. I know, I didn't buy anything though. Um, but yes, they're having this is the stitch in the fiber garden, which we mentioned on other episodes. And I'm pretty sure there will come a point where I will say, Dear, could you please watch your son for a while? I'll be right back. Is there anything in particular that you have been coveting at those places that you were thinking of getting? Well, the thing is that I, I think now that I'm coming to the end of my Christmas obligational knitting, mm-hmm. I feel less trauma about going and spending money on fun stuff. stuff. For you. Yeah, fun stuff for me. So Yeah, so now instead of going into your own store and thinking, what do I have to get for someone else? Yeah. It'll be like, what here speaks to me and which I can make mine. And you know what I wanted what I wanted to go back and get at the um the fiber festival that we went to? Yep. Sauber Ball. Yes. And I know Stitch carries them. They have Madeline Tosh sock yarn. Oh, really? Yes. There was quite a bit of it last time I was there. Last time that, I was there. okay, that would be worth going to investigate. I think I definitely might come back with a good quality sock yarn for me. And in advance of next weekend, because of course we'll probably record on Friday and the episode probably won't be posted until Monday or Tuesday of the following week. A week from this weekend is... Canadian, Canadian Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving! So happy Thanksgiving to all our Canadian listeners. Yay! We hope you have lots of turkey. And pumpkin pie. And mashed potatoes. Nummy. And Nanaimo bars in my house. <laughs> oh, Nanaimo bars. Seriously, if you're American and you have never heard of Nanaimo bars, actually I will link to it so that I don't have to try and spell it right now. When I'm tired. <laughs> when you're brain dead. Um, yes. But, oh my god, they're so good. Yeah, I've got to go to, um, Friday is work potluck, and two days later is the family Thanksgiving, so mm-hmm. I get to make two desserts for two different... <laughs> I, I'm thinking about Nigella's maple cheesecake. Ooh. Because that, when I've made that before, that went over very nicely. Plus, maple, it's so Yeah, crazy. maple, come on. Yes, it's time to be thankful for our family and our friends. And all our lovely, lovely yarn. And our listeners. And our wonderful listeners. We love you. We love you guys. We still look at, like, the number of people on the Ravelry group and be like, oh my god, people actually listen to us. Holy crap! People say they're listening to us, and they're not related to us. I know. Here's a thought. Considering that we have listeners from various countries and our Thanksgiving, I guess you could say, spreads for about six weeks. Mm -hmm. Between the Canadian and the American. Right. So for the next month, if you want to, post what you're thankful for. Or post about what sort of harvest festivals and other things like that that your country does. Yeah. 
that's going on near you. Because I think pretty much every culture has some sort of harvest. Yeah. Festival. And up here, I should mention, Canada's is really more, it's sort of more of a harvesty festival thing, as well as being thankful for what we have without as much of the whole, like, pilgrims and turkey dinners with the native people's sort of background that the American holiday has. Especially considering that you and I are in the Niagara region, yeah. where there's a lot of the orchards and a lot of the vineyards, mm-hmm. and it's very much... Yeah, this the, is great picking time. Yeah. It's very much the harvest mindset here. Anyways, guys... We are thankful for you, and be safe, be good, or not. Send us the pictures. Send us the videos. You know, sometimes we like videos. So see you next time, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. For show notes or to comment, you can visit our blog at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2 dot dot O-R-G. You can also email us at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com. You can also join in the conversation at our Ravelry group. Just search under groups for Knit One Geek 2. You can also find us on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash knitonegeek2. Thanks for listening.